Hello and welcome to D-Life 214 Voices of DFW Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming by. The D-Life 214 Podcast is produced every month for your enjoyment. Our show notes are available at DLife214.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us at Twitter at DLife214 and Facebook.com. All of our links are listed in the show notes below. The DLife214 Episode 7 is sponsored by Fly50s.com. So this month I got a chance to sit down and speak with naturalista Kashmir Pope. Kashmir is also a local life coach. She's an author, and she lives here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So we had a conversation about the natural hair movement. And I was explaining to her as I grew up in the 1970s, you know, when we wore naturals, we being men, wore naturals and afros. It was a sense of empowerment. You know, if you were really bold, you would walk out with your dashiki on. Okay, but uh, today, you know, the dashiki may not be in style. However, I do see the men that are wearing beards, full beards. You know, we're wearing our hair. We're showing the braids. We're doing the things that, you know, that say that we are black and we are proud. So when I see women with natural hairstyles or wearing natural hair, I definitely see the empowerment of our African-American woman. So I wanted to talk to Kashmir and let her give some insight as to what it's like or how to make that transition being an African-American woman wearing natural hair and using natural products. So this is D-Light 214 and Kashmir Pope. In the 70s, we would wear Afros, dashikis, or anything Afrocentric right. to say, you know, we're here and we are who we are. And uh, it's an empowerment, I think. So is that how you feel with the natural aspect? You know, most definitely, I feel like um, to be a natural woman is very liberating. You know, um, you have to have a certain confidence, I will say, to rock natural hair. Watch, walk, rock natural anything, really, you know. Um, I think a lot of women, you know, sometimes when they are in that process of going natural, it's, it's very intimidating right. because you're stepping out of the norm, you know, with norm meaning that something that it, nothing no one else is doing. You know what I mean? Right. So... I think the natural wave is coming back and it's making a move, but you know, it's still, it's still in that process where I think a lot of women want to go back to that time period of the seventies, like you mentioned. And I'm, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm all for it. Right. So it's not just about the natural hair. It's a natural lifestyle, if you will. It really is. I think, you know, a hair is just a part of it, but being a, a natural woman is actually just something that it's, it's not just something you do. It's who you are. You know what I mean? Because when you talk about the hair, just the hair and the skin and all that, I mean, like, science has shown that, you know, chemicals are really kind of killing us, killing us, right? So is there a certain, I guess, places that you shop? Do you go black-owned businesses? Do you just find natural products? How do you, you know, determine what's natural? You know, since all natural hair is different, hair period is different, you have to come to kind of find what works for you. Um, I shop at different places but yeah I do you know may pick up shea butter from a black owned um, location I may pick up a conditioner uh, from Target it just depends on your hair but more importantly than products is what you're putting inside of you too so um, a couple years after I went natural my diet had to change like it's, right. it's a part of it's just a part of the process as well so it's not just what you put in your hair it's what you put in your body as well right. so it's, it's a whole like I said, a natural lifestyle, the diet, 
what you put on your hair, what you put on your skin, what you take in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the cool thing is, is, you know, changing, for me, going natural, every other area um, of my life, you know, just went up. My skin, my diet, it reflects so much. And, you know, you want to kind of sweat as much as possible. So you're exercising. It's just the whole movement. Like, it, it literally changes the dynamics of how you do things. So I know you're from uh, California. So is there a different attitude about being natural in Texas versus being natural in California or even the East Coast? I mean, because, you know, we have some differences in our <laughs> geography. You know, I think it's some differences when it comes to um how many women, especially black women, that you will see that are natural in the different um, different locations? Like the East Coast, I won't lie, they take the cake. I mean, they have natural hair salons, <laughs> natural hair stores, natural hair meetups. And don't get me wrong, other places do too. But I notice when I travel to the East Coast, is is very prevalent. They they have it down packed there. California, I mean, I am a Californian um, at heart. And honestly, I've been in Dallas for four and a half years. So when I left. There were, you know, there's there's some naturals, you know, walking around. Um, but I think Dallas has a little bit more. It just it just depends on where you're at. So, um, being from California, how did you? I mean, how did you transition here? I mean, what what really made you say, okay, I'm gonna go to Dallas, Texas? I know who you work for, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I mean, is that what brought you here? Is that the journey? Actually, you know, it was an interesting story. Um, I moved to Dallas a month before my 25th birthday, and I just remember, you know, being in that space where I was ready for change, and my one of my older sisters, she had moved to Dallas already, and she was, you know, making her landmark here and getting her business started, and she encouraged me to come and kind of have a fresh start, you know, and um, I was out of school, and it was kind of the perfect time to just migrate to a new city, and honestly, Dallas really turned me into a woman, I must admit, I mean, the previous cities built me to this place, but Dallas was definitely a good move, I didn't know how big it was going to play a part in my life, I really didn't, Um, but moving to Dallas changed a lot of things for me, and I'm grateful. So with that move, I mean, you have a lot of aspiration. Do you have a lot of people in your circle, your network that have the same kind of desire to be successful? You know, I feel like I'm I'm building my network. I do. I do have people that, you know, I can call for just different aspects of my life or whatever I'm working on or doing. I think it's huge. It's very important. And your network is everything, including your friends and who you spend the most time with. Um, when I first moved to Dallas, obviously that wasn't a part of my life that I was, you know, working on heavy. But moving forward into the space that I'm, I'm in now and where I'm going with my vision and how I see my life, it's it's like it's a deal breaker, you know, to um, have individuals in your circle who, you know, maybe right. only take away. So you do have to be mindful of your network. Right. Okay. Well, you know, I ask that question because, I mean, I see a lot of young women here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and not to say that black people aren't progressive or, you know, have a drive here, but I just find a lot of people don't know where to go or what to do. I think a lot of people want to be natural, a lot of people want to be successful, but they don't know how to build that network. How do they, you know, build that network? How do you find people that have the same attitude that you have? Well, I think it starts with kind of, kind of finding what it is that you want, number one. 
and then figuring out, you know, maybe the places that you can put yourself in to open yourself up to those people. Um, and that includes developing or deepening new interests. You know, you have to kind of expand your own horizons before you can expand your circle. So, you know, um, for me recently in this year, I've actually started doing yoga. And one of the things that I found is that um, a lot of the yogis, I want to be a future yogi, they they think on the same lines as me, you know, so that was a part of my circle that I, you know, wanted to create. So you kind of just have to put yourself in places to where you can meet people of wherever you see yourself going, you know what I mean? And in that way, you can meet people who will inspire you, also motivate you and challenge you too, because it's really important to be challenged by the people that you're around. So with that being said, I mean, there are a lot of people who are negative and, you know, so is it, what it, I guess... Was it difficult to cut those people out? Because I'm sure you had some negative people in your life. I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you're gonna get your share of negative people. And I'll be honest. You know what it is is you have to literally practice blocking things out and protecting your peace. And when I say protecting your peace, that means at all costs. You know, so if there's a certain person who maybe their energy just throws you off, you may have to distance yourself. You know, maybe not just cut them off completely, but just monitor your time or your conversations with them because, you know, the conversations that you have, you're taking that into your mind, your body, your soul, you know, and it comes out of you. So you definitely want to keep your distance from that type of energy. And it's tough. You know, I've had to, um, sometimes I screen phone calls. I do. And (laughs) it's not on purpose, but there's just certain conversations. Some days I just can't have, you know, it's not the day for that. And I know where I'm headed and it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with that person. It has everything to do with me. And sometimes you have to be a little bit uh, selfish with your peace and your space. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, with that being said, okay. So now that you've kind of develop your path or where you're trying to go. How did you end up writing? I mean, what what led you to be a writer? I mean... You know, so, okay, so it's funny. I never looked at myself as a writer. Um, My mom always says when I was when I was a child, I would go into my corner with all of my books and, you know, my journals and I would just sit by myself and indulge in them. About two years ago, I was going through a period of time where I needed an outlet and I started journaling and the journaling turned into me writing uh, short pieces and stories. And, you know, I um, I got through my transition from just a young woman to a woman. And I said, wow, you know, I want to share these things. I want to talk about things that I've been through, lessons that I've learned and put it in the form of a book. So um, in that, I became a writer, but I was a writer before right. I titled myself a writer. Right. You know, the journaling is the is the best way. And you look back and you're like, wow, I actually would encourage everybody to journal, by journal. the way, right. at least twice a week. It's, How do you start journaling? Therapy. I mean, you know, what's, what's the catch? Um, so the catch for me, you know, I, I went and bought a notebook and I actually I said, OK, Cash, we're going to journal at least once a week. And it starts off as free writing. You just write your thoughts. Um I think that it's, you know, you don't want to overthink it. So you take the pen and whatever you're thinking, you just write it out. And it's not something that you may have to share with anyone. You may look back later. You know, for me, what inspired me to continue journaling, I had uh, read something I wrote during a period where I was just, you know, going through a tough time. And it inspired me to keep pushing because I look back, I said, wow, Cash, you've grown a lot. You know, right. you need to journal more. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it and it also was an outlet. So. 
So, so the benefit of journaling, I mean, just talk, what is the real benefit? I mean, if you're trying to be an author or write a book, I understand that. But what is the benefit of me just journaling and going to work every day? So if you're if you're not a writer and because if you're a writer, you want to write every day. It doesn't matter if it's just a sentence or a piece that you're working on. Um, if you're just an everyday person, journaling is therapeutic. It gives you a release. It's cheap therapy. You don't have to, you know, go sign up for a therapist. Right. You can journal it, believe it or not. It reduces stress. It reduces anxiety. Um, it gives you something to actually look forward to. Say it's a part of a meditation if you look at it, if right. you do it when you first wake up in the morning. Right. So for, you know, for the everyday person, it's that release, that release from life. So, so um, okay, so I'm journaling, I'm doing good, and, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, right? So I connect with a lot of people who are what you call influencers, which I found out you are somewhat of an influencer, right? So how do you influence young women such as yourself? How do you reach out to them? You know, you, you do it by your walk. I know, you know, these days, a lot of us, we kind to, we like to talk and, you know, say things that um, we may do, but your walk is really your talk. It's everything. And I think showcasing um, of lifestyle of liberating and just um, purpose and passion is enough sometimes, but you also kind of have to put yourself out there. Um, and, you know, my passion really is leading towards the younger women because I believe that, we we're in a place where we're we're that not that lost generation, but right. we're easily influenced. And if the influence is not a positive thing, then it's a negative, right. you know. So um, I want to actually inspire women to live and be the best they can be, empower other young women to walk those steps to live in the best life they imagine and be in the best version of their self. In doing that, I am on that path of being the best version of myself. So when you see a lot of, um, I guess, negative images of women, um, to me, I mean, this is my opinion, you know what I'm saying, in this day and time, and you know, with all of the booties and, you know, all the booty out <laughs> and just saying I'll do, you know, it's just, it's a negative image for women now. It seems, do you feel that way or is there, what kind of image do you see in our women? You know, in a way, it, it is a negative image, I guess, if you're looking, especially with the with the younger women. I really don't like to police women. Some women actually feel like, you know, that's that's them liberating themselves in a way, which we all, you know, have different definitions of that. But my concern is that the young ladies, they they see that and they think that that's the that's what you should do, you know, because um, we're all given choices. And, and really, it's so much more to aspire to be than maybe, you know, the the stripper or the video girl or things like that. There's so many things that our younger women could aspire to be. And I just think that they need to see options. They need to see the different role models. They need to see, you know, quote unquote, regular women. Right. Is there a push for education for our young women? No, I mean, education is very important to me. I think it is. Um, but my take on it is that, you know, you need education to be successful in whatever your dream is or your passion. Not necessarily just go to school and pay, you know, all this money and then get a degree and you never use it. So your degree, how did you, um, how did you, uh, like your, what was your experience in college? I mean, you know, how did you push away from all those negative things? Because I know it is in, in some schools, <laughs> you know. You know, I was 17 when I went to college. I, I went to uh, California State University of Fresno. I was 17 years old. I, I was really young uh, for a college student and um Truthfully, I wanted to go play basketball at a community college. That's the, that's a true story. I, I didn't want to go to a four year initially. You know, my mom 
she was on me. She said, no, this is the route we're going to take. And, and I thank God for her for that. I, I really appreciate that push. Looking back, you know, now that I'm 29, I definitely needed that college experience. Um, everyone's experience in college is going to be different. I think for me, it was just that. It was the experience. Um, I, I'm not using my degree currently, but the networking, the building, the coaching, right. uh, the lifestyle push, those all play a huge, huge part while you're a college student. Um, transitioning from high school, going into college, you don't really always know what to expect. Um, you're not really equipped always, a lot of times actually, especially um, sometimes depending on the community that you come from, you're not ready to enter into those steps. They're big shoes to fill. Um, but getting out there actually expands you in a way because you're stretched, you know, right. and part of growing is being uncomfortable. Right. So. So when you went to school or, or not even then, I mean, even now, what is your take on the aspiration of a black woman today? Because with the Trump administration and right now we're talking about the Confederacy flags being empowering, you know, negative people and all that. So what's your take on that? Because you don't speak a lot of political. I listen to you. You know what I'm saying? We talk a lot of political <laughs> stuff and you don't talk a lot of political jargon, if you will. So what's your take on being black in America right now? You know, that's a really good question. And, and you're right, Carl. I don't I don't speak on too much politics. Um, and it's not that I don't care. I just feel like, you know, things are, are so much bigger Um than the politics, but being black in America right now, you know, it's it's not a conversation that's always always had, you know, and it's tough. It's tough because I personally feel like we're so far behind because of the color of our skin and it's not something that you know, we've done or we've actually put ourselves in those shoes. Um, but I think things are progressing little by little. Of course there's so there there's ways to go. Um but I think we need to empower each other and build each other up and start living life as community style, meaning, you know what, you're my sister, let me help you. Right. You're my brother, let me help you. Partnering up and actually uplifting each other so we can all, you know, work together and be the best we can be. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way, even though I kind of speak more of my, um, you know, my opinion a lot more than you do. Yeah, but, yeah. And but, I enjoy it. I enjoy those conversations. So. Being that you're on this mission, on this vision that you have, where's Mr., you know, where's the Mr. at? Is there a man? <laughs> I mean, I hear you talk a little bit about it here and there, but it's got to be somebody, right? Everybody has somebody. That's what they say, right? You know, that is what they say. Every person that's singled is not really singled. Um, but but I'm truly singled, actually. Um, I'm actually, I would say I'm engaging. I'm not dating. I'm engaging with um, with someone and you have friends. Uh, where I am, I'm 29. Um, I've just literally stepped into this chapter of self. And when I say self, meaning, you know, I'm pretty convinced on who I am and where I'm going and who I want to be. The woman that I am now compared to the woman that I was four years ago doesn't even date the same if, you know, she was dating. Um, and and don't don't get me wrong. I want to have a family. I want to be a wife. Those are things that are actual goals and that I aspire to be. It's just right now for me to put it on the table. It's tough. So, you know, I'm com I, I guess you could say I'm completely single. I mean, it's funny because single, right? <laughs> I am single. I am. <laughs> but OK, so on this path, you're on. Have you had encounters where men distract you? I mean, because I, I think that's a lot of times with, with everything that you're saying for a young woman such as yourself, how does she, you know, keep them out of her or does she invite them in? Oh, you know? man, what the distractions <laughs> do they come? They come, they come back, they leave. 
they come again it happens um you know when you have a vision and you see yourself in a different light you hold yourself to a different standard so i feel like you know the distractions can come but it's up to you to let it control you know wherever you are um I think that any man who is around a woman or who's engaging, dating in a relationship, married, if he's not uplifting her or in adding value, that means he's taken away, you know. And so if you're taken away, that means that's a negative, right? you know. So, again, but but how does she, I mean, because, come on, the brothers going to, you know, they're going to come. They're not going to just walk. Yeah. They're going to challenge you, right? So did you, do you think that she just needs to focus on her life? I heard what you're saying. You know, like, if you have your vision, don't let people distract you. But I think I think it's important. I mean, hey, it, would, it works for certain people. For me, it's important for me to stay on the course. So, you know, I can't just have anyone come in and they're just throwing me off. I can't. So it's definitely right hard now. to open that gate right. because, you know, you have to be a strong, strong person to do that. I will admit it. I mean, come on, you know. I'm I may <laughs> I'm not an unattractive woman. There's right. guys that come and, you know, um it's tough. It's definitely tough, especially being this age and you know, you get the society pressure of are you gonna have kids? Are you gonna have married? I mean, are you gonna get married if I got a dollar for every time I've been asked that in the last two years? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, I probably could take a trip. Are you gonna get married? <laughs> <laughs> not tomorrow. I don't know. I don't so know. It's somewhere I, in it's on the God's plan. time. It's yeah, somewhere it, in the plan. It's somewhere in the plan. It's definitely somewhere in the plan. Um but, you know, right now it's tunnel vision. It's it's hard to open up that space. But for the right person, the doors will open up anyway. And that means he's someone who believes in your vision. He wants to add to it. He wants to support you, you know, whether that's emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually, financially, something. He's uplifting you to a higher level, you know, and. Um, anytime it's anything else, it's you, you kind of probably want to walk those steps by yourself as a woman because you may never reach your full potential if you don't. You know, it's, it's, it's risky. It's risky. It's risky. I understand that. Yeah. So um, you've been here how long now? What, 11, 10 years? How long you been in Dallas? No, no, no. I've actually been in Dallas. It'll My fifth year anniversary will be okay. December 7th, 2017. I, I can't believe it. Um and it's been a long, it's been a, a good journey. So you've been here a while. So have you built up that platform to kind of help carry out that mission? What I'm saying is that do you have people on your team that will support you in your vision? And how important is that? It's it's so important. I mean, because I'll, I'll be honest, you there's times where you're going to want to give up. You're going to want to just throw in the towel. And if you don't have people who can really, really just get into your mind, like, look, Cash, remember what you said or remember your why, you you will fold. And, you know, if you want to achieve greatness in anything, any area, it doesn't matter if it's cooking, fitness, writing a book, um, building a business, you know, you can't settle for mediocrity. You know what I mean? And you need people that will push you out of that and push you out of your comfort zone. Uh, but here in Dallas, I have, you know, a couple people that that are I call them accountability partners. And my sister is actually one of them. Um, I have a writing coach and uh, she's also my mentor. She's she's in California. And um, my one of my good friends is my project manager. So they're both distance. But, you know, um, it's still a good thing to have both within the city and out the city. So you need that. Because anyone can be a motivator. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's even, I listen to podcasts every morning. And even in a sense, those are motivators, you know. Wow. Um, so you, 
you're going to have, I read books, you're going to have other sources that really can keep you grounded. So tell me a little bit about 30 for 30. What is that about? So 30 for 30 is is one of my huge, huge life changers that's going on right now. Um, on my 28th birthday, I call it my chapter 28. <laughs> <laughs> chapter yeah, I label every year. Right now I'm in the year of the 29. Um, but on my 28th birthday, uh, it came to me. And I was like, you know, I, I love traveling. I've been traveling for four years straight. Uh, you know, I've been to eight different countries. This year was actually the first year that I decided to um, stay off the road. Um, but to get back to 30 for 30, I said, you know what, Cash, I want to do something different as a gift for your 30th birthday. You know what? I want to push yourself to a place where you push yourself to a place where you just don't even know, you know. And I came with the idea to travel to 30 new cities that I've never been to at 30. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so that that's coming to play in the beginning of the year and it'll be different different um, places and reasons why I'm going to those places and so I'm actually really excited I'm excited about it so that's so 30 for 30 but from what I understand you've already did a little traveling I mean you've already you know did a little traveling around and what is that like I mean to be by yourself I mean because a lot of times I see your post and everything and I see you know, like you went to Cuba recently right yeah yeah I, went, I recently went to Cuba just so you two just weeks pick ago up by yourself and just go to Cuba well right? actually no 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 Cuba was not a solo trip um, okay. one of my uh, one of my good friends actually um, Elisa it was her she her 30th birthday trip so uh, it was um, myself her and a couple of her friends it actually was a phenomenal trip I mean to be amongst women who are just just so creative so innovative um, life life giving you know um, we had good times we laugh we pray we cry you know it had some some funny moments but you know I don't um, I've been on more trips as a group and with or duo than I have by myself but solo traveling is very liberating too I would encourage everyone to travel solo if they get a chance you know so 30 for 30 I like that so in one year you're gonna do 30 cities 30 new cities that's right wow, that's, that's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge I'm excited I'm excited you know maybe so you a, a book will be birthed out of it you you have a book you're writing on correct what's the name of your book uh, it's titled group chat conversations and how'd that come about how'd you come up with group chat I mean it could have been group Facebook <laughs> <laughs> You know, group chat conversation. So every woman and men too have a group chat. Um, don't argue with me. Everybody does. I don't yeah, care. Okay. Right. <laughs> and what goes down in a group chat stays in a group chat, right. you know. Right. Um, but I am a part of a couple of group chats. Uh, you know, I have a primary one and things that we talk about are everyday life, uh, whether it's something that we're going through, family, our goals, career aspirations, school, right. uh, our kids, anything. It's It goes down in the group chat, you know. And um, during this year, I told you I, I stopped traveling, um, not, not on purpose, but just to kind of get me grounded. And also I'm working on some savings goals for the 30 for 30. Right. I was able to create, you know, this this self-identity through that. And the book was birthed during that period. So the title did was inspired from my group chat. Um, but it's a book based on my life lessons from my transition into womanhood. Right. So there's nine different lessons that, you know, that I'm talking about. And um, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, right. I'm currently writing it right now. And it's... Um, it's a challenge for me, but it's going to be good. I, I hope that, you know, uh, the younger women will definitely go ahead and, 
and take heed to the lessons that I'm learning just so they don't have to to go through them. You know, I think that the best way to avoid mistakes is to learn from someone else's, you know. Right. So I did the started the D-Life 214 blog. You know, it's kind of like to give people such as yourself as a voice just to share information with other people. But when is memoirs of cash going to hit? I mean, I'm waiting for this blog. And before you even talk about that, have you experienced a lot of people that don't read blogs? I mean, because it's kind of like it's an old thing. I mean, blogging started back in really 2005. I think it kind of came out. But um, I think nowadays it's kind of hard to avoid a blog, though. You know, I mean, you can Google search um, ideas for meal prep and a blog will pop up. So I think everyone, even if they if even if it's subconsciously, they, you know, um, they're chiming into a blog well, now. They don't even realize they're reading a blog. They don't even realize <laughs> it. So you know, I don't think that it's a thing, you know, that's foreign for anyone. So blogging kind of started off like a web blog. I mean, it's kind of like a, a web journal, if you will. That's kind of how it started. So, would you recommend people blogging, or is that a good? Is that a way to journal? I think so. I think it's an absolute way to journal. It's a way to get your voice out. You know. Um, the beautiful thing about the new technology is that you have so much access and so much openness to do anything you want, you know, right. um, whether it's blogging, whether it's podcasting, whether it's writing, you have so many creative ways to get your personal message out. And the unique thing about it is your voice is your voice. You know, right. everyone has an idea. Everyone has a subject matter. Everyone has an experience. And I think it's our due diligence to put it out to the world. I mean, who knows? You know, sometimes even if you have a subject matter, it may be one person that may say, wow, you know what? I needed to read this or I needed to hear this. So it's important to get those things out. So what music inspires you? I mean, are you real diverse in your music? Are you hip hop? Are you old school? (laughs) I think it's a little bit of mixture. You know, I I listen to a lot of different music. Um, I I like hip hop. One of my favorite uh, rap artists, actually, he'll be in Dallas tomorrow. (laughs) Um, J. Cole. I like like his music. I like... I like that he gets deep. He's a lyricist, you know. Um, I've strayed away from the hardcore rap. Sometimes the lyrics, they're, right. they're just a bit too right, much for right, me. Right. I mean, if I'm in a car with you, you know, and you're playing it, I'm not going to tell you to turn it off or anything. But I like, you know, I listen to a lot of um, meditation music these days. Right. I listen to um, guitar solos. Um, <laughs> so, right. you know, those things relax me. But I also like, you know, NDI Ree. I listen to Jill Scott. So, you know, I'm an Odie but goody okay. girl. Okay. Some of the newer artists, uh, you know, I like Bryson Tiller. <laughs> I, always, I always have said it's, it's about what you put in. So people don't realize that if you're putting bad music on your mind. Absolutely. You know, do, do you do you try and, like, now I heard you say you listen to, you're listening to a podcast. Yeah. So is that part of feeding Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, I start my day with a podcast. I I actually have a morning routine, which I feel like everyone should have a morning routine. Um, Not only does it set the tone for your day, but it fills you up with energy, you know, especially if you have to go out into the world, you want to be prepped, you know, you want to be armed for that. Um, But what goes into your brain is how your body functions. So when you are allowing certain things to come into you, you know, especially with music or podcasts or whatever it is that you're listening to. Like I said earlier, it can even be a conversation. You know, you're allowing those uh, brain waves to kind of, you know, be shaken up a little bit. So you definitely have to be mindful. Um, and that's why I said there's certain things that you wouldn't catch me listening to it. And, you know, in my apartment, but, you know, hey, to but whoever folks their boat. Yeah. So uh, um, that you've gotten to this point, 30 for 30 is 
going well, I'm sure. It's going to be go, go well. You did Cuba. So I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, Cuba what's was amazing. Next, I had a good time. What's the next time. destination? Where are you going next? I mean. Um, you know, I actually am in the process of spending some extended time home. So, you know, I'm from California and um, I'm going to spend some time home this fall, but I don't have anything else major planned for the remaining of the year. I do plan to uh, do my first yoga retreat in okay. Central America in January. That's cool. So that's my treat for my 30th birthday. <laughs> What's up with the yoga thing? Is that that, is that new for Oh my us? gosh. Or? Listen, please, if you don't do nothing else, please try a All yoga right. class. Um, Yoga's not new. It's been around. Uh, it's been around, but it's new for me. I started yoga in April, and it's changing my life. It's changing my body. It's changing my mind. And, like, I just feel like it's an access thing. You know, um, obviously, I'm a I'm an African-American woman. I'm a black woman. And, you know, it, it's a privilege for, for some of us to do yoga. It's very expensive, I, oh, I will admit. It's very expensive. So that's why I won't say it's a new thing. It's, it's more of an access thing, you know, but... I would encourage anyone who's looking for just a different style of a workout, also with a little bit of mindfulness, to right. try yoga. Well, you know what? I've, um, I've covered all my questions, all my interview topics. So do you have anything you want to talk about or just, you know what, thank you for Cash, really, for ta- you know taking out the time to do this with me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is amazing. It's my first time on a podcast, and I didn't know what to expect, but this experience has been great. I appreciate you for having me, and um, I just want to thank you and to continue what you're doing with the you know two one four voices the DFW. It's it's amazing, and you know we need to have things like this. Right. You know we need to hear from real people, real stories, and and to keep pushing, keep striving. So you know I was talking about the other day we were talking about success and how it's measured. See, for me, success is not going to jail and not being killed, or you know, as a black man, I really believe that. I think that if you survive. Um, especially if you're a young black man nowadays. So how does the black woman measure her success? You know, I I don't think it's a matter of um, a black woman measuring her success. I think it's anyone. uh, How you measure success, you know, that's for anyone. But, you know, for me, I measure success at this moment in my life is, you know, how I feel inside and, you know, my accomplishments as far as being happy and peace, like peace of mind and happiness is, or things you can't buy. Um, for me, success is not the bank account, most right. definitely. You know, it's it's how many people did I help or who, how many people said that I inspired them or how am I feeling today? You know, it's it's waking up, you know, and saying, you know what, I'm thankful for today, even if nothing, you know, happens. I'm just laying here. So well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, you know, I um, I don't know. I, I just I don't know where we're going as African-American people. But I mean, just in general, I think society is so conglomerated now. I mean, it's so when I listen, when I see you at work or I see you around, you always have this happy thing going. You know, you're walking around singing a song. That's that's just you or is it just, you know, that moment? What are, what are your bad days like? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely me. You know, um, I don't have bad days anymore. I call them off days. And the reason why I say that is because every day is opportunity. And, you know, you have to literally put yourself in the mind frame that there's no bad day. You might have an off day, you know. So my off days, I, I have them. Trust me, I have them. And I have days when I may not want to get out of bed, um, you know, right that moment. But, you know, the term bad to me means just horrible. 
And so, you know, my off days, maybe I'm, I'm thrown off or someone threw me off, but I, I don't have bad days anymore because I feel like life is a gift. And, you know, I want to walk in that gift. I want to be present in every moment that is possible. Um, and that's what fulfills me. So when you see me <laughs> walking, singing, and just happy-go-jolly, I guess it's because I'm grateful. I'm just grateful. Well, that is really cool. It's good to have you in my network. <laughs> and, uh, so, again, thank you again for coming on the show. Do you have a website or a social media, something that you want to share with us so, you know, people can come and ca- check out Cashmere? Yeah, of course. My website is actually under construction, um, so I'll get back to you on that. I do have a Facebook. You can find me, Cashmere Pope. My Instagram is Memoirs of Cash. That's M E M O I R S of Cash. O F C A S H. And I'm also on Twitter, Memoirs of Cash. Cool. Okay. So I definitely will be in touch. So thank you again. And um, we're going to close the show. Make sure you check us out next week. We're going to talk about finance in the African American community. Oh, that's amazing. Right, so thank cool. you. Thank you again, Cash. Thank you. Bye.